to episode 102 of Chew on This, a Nerd United podcast. I'm BJ. Vic. So, actually, I wonder if I should start saying like 102 or just 102. 102 or 102. It doesn't matter. 102. 102 is fine. Less syllables. We're lazy. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, But uh, before we get started, I just want to remind everyone out there that we are on Patreon.com. It's Patreon.com forward slash Chew on this podcast. And you can become part of the Chew Cruise for as little as a dollar a month. And you can get all different types of rewards and, and it'll really help us out so we can keep bringing you the, the awesome content that we've been bringing you. So that's patreon.com forward slash chew on this podcast. And just so everybody knows, if you weren't paying attention to our Twitter feed, um, um, I was in New Jersey the last, what, almost two weeks. Dick. I had, I had Wawa a lot. <laughs> um, I probably in the 10 days that I was there, did about three or four hundred dollars at Wawa. That Holy includes gas. Crap. Well, gas. You know, I, I was driving around a lot, so I did use a lot of gas. But, but yeah, there. I bought a lot of uh, coffee to bring back from there. Nice. So, but uh, anyway, like I said, we've been trying to get Wawa out here. I've already done the cold brew with my Wawa coffee. That's how much I love Wawa's coffee. It's fucking awesome. I did the pumpkin spice. It's so good. Um, it's, and again, we've been trying what, like nine months now to try to get Wawa up here. Wawa, I think their social media paid attention to us twice. Yeah. Maybe. Finally. So yeah, but that doesn't mean the social media people are going to tell, you know, the owner of Wawa and be like, Hey, this one little podcast drinks our coffee. We should move out to California. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they'll have us to thank if they do. So yeah. So hashtag West coast Wawa. All right, so we are doing Blade Runner 2049, yes. and this was on your top 10 list. Uh, it number, wasn't on mine. Number 10. Now that we're at the end of the year of, like, only three movies left, we completely ignored our top 10 list the whole year, like every time we were reviewing a movie. <laughs> um, so let's get the boring stuff out of the way. Uh, let's see. Blade Runner 2049 is at 89% with 234 reviews, which is is, is quite a lot. Um, the original one we looked up on Rotten Tomatoes doesn't count, actually, because the 1982 version doesn't have any original 1982 reviews. Nope. So all the reviews are, in my opinion, biased for the original version because I read some of the um, some of the headlines of the reviews, and it looks like they were based off of all the special editions and director cuts, and we'll get into that too. Um, and as of this recording, it only did like 13 million on Friday. So yeah, yeah. it might not even, it might not even punch like 50 million by the, uh, by the end of the, the weekend. So yeah, that's, it, that's pretty surprising. And it costs like 150 million and not counting, you know, all the advertising and all that. So it's right. Yeah. They're going to lose their ass on this thing. So initial, initial reactions. Who's first? Who's up? Uh, I'll go first. Um, I, <laughs> this is my favorite movie of the year. I, I, it, I fucking love this movie. And, and, uh, I, I'm very surprised by that because favorite, favorite so far, it's my favorite movie so far. Right. Uh, we still got, you know, two movies. I don't count that third one, but we still got two more movies <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 uh, could, you know, break in the top three, but this is, uh, by far so far my favorite movie of the year. And, uh, 
I was I was pleasantly surprised. Um, this director is one of my favorite new directors now. I wish he would do episode nine, to be honest with you. Forget the James Bond thing. Like, do do this. Um, this guy, I mean, God, I love this guy. Our favorite movie of the year last year was a sleeper hit. That was Arrival. And I've seen Sicario. I've seen uh, Prisoners. Um, I think I'm missing one more. But anyway, this... This guy's awesome, and he took Blade Runner twenty forty nine and just uh, he knocked it out of the park because it it's like a very good companion piece to the first movie that came out like thirty five years ago, but it it's as if he studied that movie so hard under Ridley Scott or something like that was like his mentor or something like that. It, it's as if he studied Blade Runner so hard that when he made the sequel. It's it just felt it felt exactly like Blade Runner. I mean, the music and the cinematography in a good was, way. In a good way. Oh yeah, in an absolute. He took the best parts of Blade Runner and made made it even better. Um, I mean, Blade Runner has its issues, and um, but and plus there was like eight different copies of that. But I I just I I don't know. I, I gushed about this. I love this movie. So what what did you think? I I thoroughly enjoyed this movie a lot. Um, I unfortunately had to go see it at really late, um, 1045. <laughs> so there, so, um, there were, there were parts where like I was struggling to keep my eyes open, not because, um, of the movie at all. Definitely not because of the movie at all. Um, I, I was sucked in right away. Um, I really liked this movie. I didn't think I would. Uh, it was not on my top 10 list, like I said. Mm-hmm. And the basically the main reason why, like I had already, in, I had every intention of watching the original Blade Runner this weekend or this week and and not going to the movie because you were going to review it. We we're going to do some like half-assed review where it was, Spoiler you saw free. the movie, but yeah. I didn't. Right, exactly. Yeah. So <clears throat> I really liked it. I I was I was blown away, but when I said like when you said you know it, it borrows or it feels like it's the, just like the original, and I said in a good way, I mean it's it doesn't feel like the Force Awakens where it was yeah. like fan service. There, yeah, there was a couple of Easter eggs in here, but it definitely wasn't fan service. It just felt like a continuation of the world, um, which is a, a really good thing because the, the original Blade Runner is so iconic in mm-hmm. the sense of the feel. And the music in the second one, just uh, just like the first movie, in the second one, um, is is really good. Like there's parts of it. Like I saw it in the XD theater, um, and it was it was amazing at how um, how much the music played into oh, the yeah. world. Not just like certain scenes, but just the world when they when he's driving around, and and you know, there's a couple scenes where there's like scenery scenes in in the first movie. And in this one, when he, he, for some reason, when they go, when, when they're just looking at the buildings and looking at the world, this, this overtone, this music just plays on top of it. That's mm. just so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And I, I loved that. Um, overall, I, I don't think it's, I don't know, I don't know if it's my favorite movie of the year, but it, it definitely, it's definitely one of the smartest movies of the year that I've seen mm-hmm. in, in our reviews. Um, I'm sure there's smarter movies than Blade Runner out there right now. <laughs> there's lots of films, but as far as the movies that we've seen and reviewed for the show, this is by far like, and leave it to the same guy who did Arrival, right? Cause that movie just blew us away last year. Yeah. And I, and I was thinking that throughout the entire movie that 
Jesus, I'm like, this guy's fucking good. Like yeah. the way the dialogue flows, the character development, you know, everything that that we preach and shout from the rooftops, like, I don't give a shit how good your movie looks, you know, or how many action sequences you got. If I don't give a shit about the characters, I don't care. And and it was it was worth the it was worth the almost three hour runtime. Yeah, I I was so I was surprised just as much as you are about how this movie. I mean, this is a movie that nobody really wanted, or nobody you know most yeah, people didn't. Really that's care. why it wasn't on my. That's why it wasn't on my top ten. And so when this guy was doing it, I was like, really? Like, okay, so he must. This must be the paycheck movie, you know? But fuck no, he he took this movie and just. I mean, it made something original and and uh, and and, but also kept the the first one intact and and just kind of uh, continued it. Didn't like try to reboot it or anything. And um, oh god, I mean, I I had such a great time watching this movie last night. I I really did. Um, but uh, okay, so we already went through all the boring stuff in our, in our initial reactions. Let's, let's talk about, let's, let's talk, talk about, about Blade Runner. The first one yeah, a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Cause so, there's uh, so we're not going to do a formal review of Blade Runner, but there are some things. And this is interesting because I saw, I purposely only saw the theatrical version. I've seen, I think I've only seen the theatrical version, but I, but I recently, I just rewatched it this week. It's fresh in mind. You saw, what the 2007 yes like final cut right yeah that's it's called the final cut and there's there's differences supposedly there's eight versions of this movie out there but only like five of them you can get on the on that 30th anniversary or 25th anniversary blu-ray pack or something like that i want to say 2012 you can get like this pack with like all five movies in there but and i I actually thought I watched the director's cut, but I didn't. The final cut is actually Ridney, Ridley Scott. He oversaw it himself versus the director's cut, which was designed in 92, something like that for the 10 year anniversary was not completely designed or overlooked by him. It was still studio was tinkering with it, which if you read the history of Blade Runner, that I don't know any other movie out there besides maybe like Evil Dead where they keep coming out with different versions of this movie or like Star Wars, you know, because George Lucas keeps tinkering with it or kept tinkering with it. But Blade Runner has more versions out there than any movie that I can think of. Um, they just keep they just keep bringing out a new one that's got slight slight differences. Well, but- the final cut is apparently the actual version that Ridley Scott wanted to release. And apparently there was a lot of studio interference um, with the first movie. Yes. Um, and the ending, which I thought was interesting, the ending is the ending of Blade Runner spoilers, but it's not been 1982, so you should have seen it. Um, <laughs> so it, it ends with Deckard running away with Rachel. Yes. And... <clears throat> And there's a scene where they're kind of like it's like they're driving over the mountains or some stuff like very it kind of feels really out of place, but it's supposed to give you this like happy go lucky ending. Mm-hmm. That was actually footage from unused uh, scenes in The Shining. Yes, and Kubrick uh, allowed the studio to use that footage, which um, is fucking crazy that that those two <laughs> movies could not have more separate feel and. <laughs> When you hear when you when I read that I was like oh that makes complete sense because the opening shot of 
or one of the opening shots of The Shining is after the after he gets the job is them driving to the, the to the hotel to the hotel right <clears throat> yeah um, so the final cut version I think it took took that particular scene out and it just showed him and Rachel just kind of taking off and it's still kind of a happy ending okay but but the major difference is that the it's alluded that um, it's alluded to that. Deckard is, in fact, a replicant. In fact, Ridley Scott has come out and said that the final version was supposed to meant to be to tell you that he is a replicant. In fact, there's a uh, a dream sequence about a unicorn that's a lot longer in the Final Cut version than the rest of the, the other ones. That I don't remember the unicorn dream. Um, the, I don't think the it's in the. Cut. I don't think it is in the theatrical. But it's been years since I've seen the theatrical. But. <clears throat> well, but, I just saw it this week and I don't remember it. Yeah, okay, so it's not in there then. But yeah, in the final cut version, he uh he uh there's like this unicorn dream and it's it's longer than the director's cut. And so, you know, Ridley Scott's come out and said, "Yeah, he's he was a replicant." However, when you watch 2049, not one time did they reference whether he was a replicant or not. I assumed after watching 2049 that the Harrison Ford character Deckard uh, was not a replicant. Um, even after watching the final cut version, even watching the final cut version, I'm like, it, he doesn't ever allude to it. But, but then again, like interviews with him asking, you know, the director, the new director of 2049, whether or not he was a replicant. And he said he wouldn't answer that in the movie or outside the movie. So it's kind of left to your interpretation. I I just assume he wasn't just the way and only because the way he acted in the movie. That was the only reason why. Like not, he wasn't super strong. He didn't have the glowy eyes. Then again, the newer replicants didn't either. Um, he didn't have any indication. Yeah, but Harrison Ford is not one of the newer versions. He's a Nexus. He's he a, would have been a Nexus Seven, right? Which he should have had the glowy eyes. Right, which he did in the original version. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, I guess he could have been. So basically, folks, is like, I'm sure you've seen this or or I hope you've seen the movie. If not, you know, I don't know why you're listening. Otherwise, you're just listening to it so you don't have to go watch the movie. But essentially, the whole movie kind of resides over the fact that there is a a kid born to to a replicant. And they're trying to track this kid down. And so that's where I was like, well, maybe, you know, uh, the semen, you know, from from a human and then join with the replicant. Maybe that is what created the kid. But either way, it still would have been what what uh, Dave Bautista was saying. And in the short amount, let me let me say this. In the short amount of time that Dave Bautista was on screen, he was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He he really was really like it was. I've seen Batista in, in some earlier stuff, and it, it always looked like he was trying, you know, to be an actor. But in this movie, when he speaks and he's talking about the miracle, um, he's awesome. Um, yes. So, shout out to Batista for doing a really good job. Um, that scene where he says it's a miracle, it doesn't matter if it's a human. That I mean, that's the thing about this this movie. There's no there's no definitive thing. Even it's if you ambiguous. watch the theatrical, right? If even if you watch the original theatrical version of of Blade Runner you can argue which any which way you want but all you have to do is fast forward to the scene uh where his eyes glow and the like the replicants do yeah that's all you have to know 
Yeah. There's no, there, you can interpret the rest of the movie any other way, but that is proof that he's a replicant. His eyes glow. So the other thing about the original Blade Runner is that the, the, the replicants only had a four-year lifespan. And so they must have, like, you know, with the Rachel character and with Deckard, too, they must have had that open-ended so that they could last Well, he, Yeah, longer. apparently it seemed like he was a model before, almost like Ryan Gosling as far as the new model, mm-hmm. you know, where – um, but it was way more, it, you know, it was way more out there that he, you know, Gosling was a, a replicant in this. Um, and then the Rachel, car- the Rachel uh, one did not have a lifespan time frame either, but she was designed to be the most human um, of all of it. There's that one scene where Harris Ford's questioning her. And normally it takes like 40 questions, but he had to go through like 120 something like questions yeah. to figure out. Yeah, that was awesome. I remember that. Um, Gosling's really good in this movie. Um, everybody's really good in this movie. Everybody's good. Everybody's handpicked. The only person that felt a slightly out of place was Robin Wright. Robin Wright, but um, uh, but because I didn't were, mind her because there were some scenes where I was like, oh, that's a little over the top. But I thought, I mean, everybody was casted really well, and, and that that you know bodyguard replicant was scary. Uh, yeah. she just, she just fucking kicked ass. Um, and even Jared Leto, I didn't really, I mean, no, I, I liked him in this. I, I actually liked him in this. I, I hated his Joker, but I thought he kind of redeemed himself a little bit. Well, I mean, the, we knew that Leto could always act, but it's, it's amazing what one really popular iconic role will, will kind of like taint your yeah. talent a little bit. Yeah. Um, but he was really good in it. Um, Kind of creepy too, pretty creepy too, and ruthless as well. So um, you you would have thought that because he was blind, but he's he's kind of an asshole, right? And is he is he a replicant as well? Like I I, I thought no no I didn't think he was okay. I didn't think he was either. I thought that's you know the, well the whole point. I mean he's blind and he had a bodyguard that pretty much did his bidding and all that stuff. Um, but what was what was crazy to me? I mean let's fast forward to the end a little bit, but he actually you actually see the, the Rachel character come back. And I wonder, did they get Sean Young for that? Or did they get somebody else like, like they did for Leia in rogue one and just put the little dots on the face that I, that I forgot that I forgot to check, but I'm glad you brought that up because Because holy shit, that was amazing. Yeah. I think like, this is by far the best I've ever seen them bringing a person not back to life because she's still alive, but right. Bringing a person, a younger self, back. yeah. Like we've seen it, Robert Downey Jr. We saw Kurt Russell twice. I've seen it, Michael Douglas, yeah. Michael, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, of course, we we saw Carrie Fisher um, for Rogue One, and this holy shit by far was like seamless. I was trying to really, like, I kind of missed a couple of lines in that scene because I was trying to figure out, like, okay, where's the shitty CG in this? Yeah, me too. I, and I just saw the, the previous Blade Runner, like, the day before. So I had that Rachel image pretty, you know, pretty strong in my mind. And so when she pops up at the end, I was like, what? Are you kidding me? Like... That is amazing. And then I'm like, did they get Sean Young for this? Like, isn't she, she does bat speak. Shit, bat shit crazy? <laughs> I don't know, but she does speak in it, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, it was perfect. It was like spot on. You know, um, I, I would like to know who that was that was in that role. But I just thought, I, I don't know. I, 
I was also surprised uh, that Harrison Ford really only pops up in the latter half, like the latter third of the movie. Cause like this movie's two hours and 45 minutes and he only pops up in like the, in the last third, if that. Yeah. But I thought that was really good though. Like, really well uh, done. Yeah. Because they spent, they spent so much time, you know, basically character developing Brian Gosling because you had to care about why he was doing what he was doing. It doesn't work if you don't care about Ryan Gosling. Yeah, they did really a really good job, you're right, of character development. Like he, even though he's a replicant, they really, I mean, he's got like a backstory, like an incredible backstory. And he's got, you know, this home life with this like holographic image, you know, kind of like his Wilson, if you will. And um, it was devastating, you know, when she got, when she got killed, even though she was just a hologram. I like it. I like my... I swallowed, you know, really hard in my throat. I was like, oh, man, like, I was so sad to see her go. Um, but, yeah, you, you really care about everybody, you know, especially Ryan Gosling's character. You really care about that character. And he has, like, what's really trippy, he has, like, uh, these memories of when he was a boy getting beat up and, and he hid this, like, wooden horse and everything. But right. then, But then the twist was... It was never his memory at all. It was a real memory, but it was from his from a girl instead, um, who was uh, she's like the, I, I called her the girl in the bubble because she couldn't live outside that facility. She would have died. Right. Um, so you she, think anyway? Yeah. So you think anyway? But she like you know can manipulate memories and stuff, kind of like how Juno can ma- manipulate mem- manipulate the Inception stuff. You know, in the movie Inception. Like the, like an architect, so I I really fucking dug that. I I dug that she was like creating, she was basically creating memories for whoever contracted her out, um, but also she did it for herself because she could never leave the facility. So it was like a holodeck that she lived on, which I, I oh man, there's so many like aspects of this movie that just gives so many layers to this movie, and so many characters and and layers to those characters that. I mean, the movie needed to be told in three hours. I mean, it needed time to really develop that characters and then have the payoff at the end. Um, and even Harrison Ford's character, you feel like really sorry for that guy. Because like basically he runs off with Rachel and she dies after sometime after childbirth. And during then, childbirth. During childbirth. And then, and then they have to like, you know, take the baby and drop it off at an orphanage, which that place was hell. Um, you know, it was like a, like a big sweatshop right. in, in the middle of nowhere. Um, shit, man. I, God, anyway, this, it, it fucking movie's gorgeous. I mean, uh, I think you talked a little bit about it visually and, and the music, the music. Oh, is the, so they captured, they, st- even this, I was surprised like other than, well, the Sean Young thing should be praised. Whoever, did the visual effects for Sean Young, uh, the the Rachel that shows up at the end, needs to win an Oscar. That guy, that whoever, the guy, girl, whoever did it, fucking phenomenal job. But the other great job in this movie is, is that when they're doing the, they show some of the buildings that you see from the the eighty two version, mm-hmm. and it felt like nineteen eighty two. 
Yeah. Like in, in some of the scenes, like it's, it still felt as gritty as it did. Um, I do have a bone to pick with it though, because just like the original version, there's a huge Japanese influence over everything. Yeah. And there's no Japanese like main characters in this, not even I a fucking that. cop and nobody. I everybody who's that. like Asian is like behind the counter serving food. Right. So that was a little, that was still jarring for me. Um, that, Basically, it was like, yeah, I mean, even fucking Ghost in the Shell had Japanese people in it. Right. Even yeah. Though. Even like like Jared Leto was like wearing a like, wasn't he wearing a like a kimono yeah. or something? Or something? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Huge. Like the first movie had huge Japanese influence. I mean, that's basically where Ghost in the Shell got its world. Um, but they actually put Japanese people in it. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, no Japanese in this barely. I don't think any if maybe like in the background. Yeah. Um, but it, it's a little again jarring that there's so much Japanese influence in both these movies as far as like the environment goes, and no, I mean Dude, there's I, Japanese like writing right there, right, and then there's a giant like naked European android girl, hologram oh, girl. Man, that was one. Of right, my, that was amazing. Uh, yeah, that whole everything to do with that relationship too, building that up was awesome. You know, because when she she dies or quote unquote dies, spoilers. You actually felt for it, and all she was was a fucking program, and it was yeah. awesome. Yeah, it was a, because they spent so much time developing that. And I thought that was really, um, I think doing that makes you kind of believe in the humanity in Gosling's character of why he would actually help Deckard um, to to reunite Deckard with with his daughter. Yes. Um, yeah, there's there's so much in this movie to to praise. Um, what didn't you like about this movie? Um, Other than I, the fact I, there's no so, Japanese people so, in here. <laughs> I think, you know, I was just going to say, I'm like, Vic, dude, there's no Asian people in the future. Like, you, you, it's, uh, that's no, terrible. but there, but, but the writing and everything lasts just not, you know, I'm sure they'll change the history books like they did for the American Indians, the Native Americans, where they're like, uh, they, you know, happily relocated to the West. <laughs> Yeah, and for I, us, it's like the the Asians happily, you know, gave us all their food and all their writings after wiping them out or something. They happily, de- <laughs> they happily decided not to be alive anymore. Yeah, it's like a big Asian Holocaust. They're just like, we, right. don't, we don't need these guys anymore. We, we, just their, just their food and their writing. <laughs> yeah, we we got the technology down and now. clothing. Apparently, Jared Leto. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is like all based in L.A., isn't it? Like just uh, like, around the LA, area, San yeah. Diego, L.A. San yeah. Diego, like merged and um yeah so maybe all the asian people move back east like fuck this let's go back (laughs) yeah (laughs) we're out of here um no i i don't really have a lot to a lot of bones to pick i think there were times where there was a lot of like quiet and you know you're just kind of staring at gosling staring at the wall or something like there was a lot of times where there was just a lot of empty space. And I was like, I'm not sure like this scene's going on a little too long and I'm not sure why, but maybe they're just trying to show you like what the Android is like. Like you could see it thinking, you know, like, like the androids don't make any kind of like sudden movements. Like Gosling's not just like, he doesn't, um, no, everything's like meticulous. Yeah. Yeah, Everything's meticulous. Um, very reserved. And, um, but, but also he kind of acts a little human, you know, like he's, he just gets off work and he goes home and he's just like kicking his feet up and, you know, drinking a beer and everything. And then, 
the police department calls him like, Hey, we need you to come back. And he's like, fuck, you know? So he's got to like tell his girlfriend, I gotta, you know, I gotta go. Um, down to like, he bought his girlfriend a gift, you know, which was like the option so that she could go anywhere in the house instead of just the one room. That right. was, that was really cool. Um, so I don't have a lot of bones to pick. I just think sometimes some of the scenes went a little long or, or you knew what was about to happen, but they took a long time, slowly him getting there, you know, like, like when he got to the sweatshop and he started recognizing the building, I immediately went, Oh shit, that's the place where he grew up. And that's the place where the wooden horse is hidden in the furnace, you know, but it took him a long time to finally realize it and then start heading that way to get the horse, you know, and, and all of it turning out not to be true. Right. That's the part that got <laughs> me because, because the whole time I'm like, Oh, like for, from the very beginning, I was like, Oh shit, he's the kid. And he grew up, I know it. And then like, you know, they kind of allude to that more and more and more and more and more. And then toward the end, they're like wrong. It was, it, they, they changed the records. It was a female. They, they gave you, you her, could see her if you've seen a rival, there was a little bit of arrival in here where yes. it, like when the reveal happens in arrival, there's a lot of flashbacks and flash forwards that kind of piece together the entire reveal. Mm-hmm. And the same thing here when Gosling finally figures it out or Harrison Ford is telling him that, you know, it's you no, know, it, it wasn't a boy, it was a girl. Um, and we purposely, you know, did all that. And then Gosling's trying to piece it all together. And then you finally see you know, who he can figure it out, who it is, yeah, um, I, I which was that. pretty cool. But yeah, but there was a, but you could see the arrival uh, in here when they oh, were revealing the definitely, twist. Definitely the influence on there. It's like they took Blade Runner and meshed it together with arrival. I, I really like that um, aspect of it. Also, I mean, the other things I, that I love about this, I can just gush about this movie. Other things I loved is just the scenery. There's so much like even the snow or like the, like there's so many different um, climates that he goes to, like the when it's raining, when it's like dry desert, when it's snowing, yeah. when it's uh, when he goes to see Harrison Ford, it's all like radiation um, outside. And oh, fuck, it's like all the environments. It was almost like Zootopia or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I kept thinking about. I'm like, I'm waiting for Judy Hopps to pop out. Be like, you know, hey, you got to go this way. We got to go to radiation land, you know. Um, so I, I dug that and I also, fuck, I dug his car and I dug the little drone thing that mm-hmm. uh, pops out and get, like he sends ahead to like scout shit out. Um, yeah, that's a nice R2D2 thing in there. Yeah. Um, shit, man. What else? There's so much shit about this movie. It's crazy. It's so deep. Cause it's, cause it's three hours long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I didn't care. Like it could have went on another half hour, an hour, and I would have been like, "Oh, cool." Because like I'd look down at my, cl- you know, my watcher or my phone, and I'd see the time. And I'm like, "Oh, an hour went by. That means there's still two hours left." You know, and it just like, it, and I'm like, I remember by the second hour, I'm like, "Where's where's fucking Harrison Ford?" It's like hour t- two and a half, and he's still not not here. You know, and then finally, you know, he pops up and I was like, oh, okay. You know, what's great about this is that unlike in Star Wars, I don't know why I keep comparing it, probably because Harrison Ford's reprising a role from yes. that far ago. Yep. Uh, for that long ago. And I feel like in the that version, Harrison Ford, you could have gotten, if if Ray is really truly part of the Force or has Force, you know, clearly Force powers, mm-hmm. she would have, the Force would have led her to Maz or to Leia 
at any point in time. I feel like Han almost when you when you we'll talk about you know more of this stuff when we review the movie again, but it felt like he was just kind of thrown in there as like fan stuff. Like he he wasn't necessarily needed to be in there, he, you know. And and in this movie, he needs to be in here at the perfect time. Yes, because it's unraveling the story. Yes, you hear his voice on audio clip like early in the movie, but there, there's a point for that. And and he's not forced. It doesn't. It's he's not forced into this scene, which is or this movie, I should say, because he is the one, you know, person who ran away with with um, with Rachel to have this child because they right. fell in love. So it makes perfect sense that you know the story is about their child um, or to, to find out who their child is, even though the child is only like 10 minutes in a three hour movie. Right. And it's, um, it, it's like you said before, it's a continuation. It's not a rehash. You know, it's not, it's not a rehash of the first movie. And I, and I love that. I mean, yeah, the guy's running around doing Blade Runner shit, but then it turns into investigation about this child that everybody's after, you know, and, and he needs to get there first kind of thing. And it just—I I just thought it was a new twist on that genre. I, I really dug it. Um, I don't know if there's going to be a third movie because of the box office take right now, but it almost feels like if if she exists the way that she is, and if there's no other twist to it that she is the child of two replicants, then I feel like there's like a third movie where it's like almost like War for the Planet of the Apes, where it's just all out fucking fighting between like the replicants and the and the humans because remember there is a revolution that was about to happen yes and that lady teased that revolution but never remember she was like i'm gonna find the girl or the child and or the girl and and when the time's right i'll reveal her to the entire world so there's still there's still that that hasn't happened yet yeah the movie does a very good job of like if this is it this is it kind of thing or it's open-ended to like to do that if they wanted to, but like you said, the, the this is what we said at the beginning of the, bo- beginning of the podcast is that this movie only did 13 million Friday, which for a blockbuster, a huge movie like this, $150 million movie, this is very bad. This is like a, like a, a complete like loser, you know? Well, I think, I think the problem is, is that a lot of, if you're, if you're our age and you're not into this stuff, you probably Blade Runner, you were like, you saw it and you didn't think it was that great because Blade Runner truly is a real science fiction movie. It's not, it's not star Wars. Star Wars is not science fiction. Star Wars is fantasy. Um, um, Star Wars is identical to the genre of Lord of the Rings. They're both fantasy, uh, books and and movies. Science fiction is more Star Trek and, and Blade Runner is definitely Star Trek. There is action in it, but overall the theme of that, of that entire um that entire movie comes from you know the very famous uh scientific uh, sci-fi writer uh, Philip K Dick who wrote so many science fiction novels oh, yeah tons um i think i forget the novel this is based on is do androids dream about sheep or something like that electronic sheep i think yeah something like that i can't remember but but the 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 movie the original movie is is about you know life and what and what it means to be alive or be a human, and th- and this is the same thing too. The second movie just continues on that theme um, with it. So I'm I'm guessing if if you're not into this stuff, you probably saw the first one, were really bored with it, and didn't really give a shit about it. But yeah. if you are, 
you should take a look. You should take a, you should watch the original again. Um, wa- I still think you should watch a theatrical version and then watch this version. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, this movie. Um, and then watch, then go watch the final cut. And the reason why I say that is because, is because even though that's not Ridley Scott's film, the guy, the guy who made this movie tried to base his, his movie on the theatrical released version, not the right. final cut version. Right. And they go, well, I mean, this is like a five and a half hour movie. If you put those things back to back, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's really well done. And maybe that's why it's not doing well is because the movie's so old, you know, it's 35 years ago and it, you kind of have to watch the first movie to watch this one. Honestly, I mean, you could, you could like watch it. You wouldn't know some of the things that were going on. Like, you know, um, it could be watched as a standalone. Yeah. Um, but, but knowing what they did with Sean Young, knowing the story of those two, <clears throat> the recordings and, you know, yeah, there's, Harrison there's backstory. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it, it definitely enhances the second movie, but you don't need to watch the first movie. Yeah. But I, I truly believe that it, you know, like you said, that, that it's like 30 something years. And what I said that the original version, if you, or the original movie, if you, if you're not into the sci- science fiction part of the, of the movie, you're just not going to like the movie. But this this is an Academy Award movie, dude. I'm telling you, there's so many things. There's cinematography, the music, the uh, you know, the editing, uh, the visuals. The, this movie's got. I mean, it could win a bunch of awards based yeah. on that alone. Um, I, I wouldn't doubt if it wins all that stuff. I mean, if Transformers or if Suicide Squad could win an uh, Academy Award, there's no fucking reason why this movie can't win some Academy Awards because it's stunning. I mean, visually and auditory, whatever is just stunning. There's nothing else like it this year. Um, no, it's very unique. Well, it's, I mean, it's unique in the sense that like, like I said, like we said earlier, he just, he literally carries the movie from the first one and not in the, the force awakens way. It's, it's its own thing, but, and, but there's no, there's no like, Hey, fan service type thing in here. I mean, there's like a Coke, there's a Coca-Cola and an Atari thing in here, but those are just like in the background. Yeah. It's I, not, it's not like in your face type I, stuff. I read some review where this guy, <clears throat> of course, this guy's always has negative reviews. I can't remember what his name is on Rotten Tomatoes, but he's just like, Oh, the, the product placement is everywhere in this movie. And like, that's all he like talked about. And I was like, and yeah. like, Dick, that's because it's an homage to the first movie. Yeah. Retard. I, yeah, it's it's meant to be there. It's not. Um, I mean, it's not. It's, yeah, it's not on purpose. <laughs> no, it's it's the future in L.A. and San Diego. Of course, they're going to be product placements everywhere, and it's not even like in your face. It's just kind of like, I don't know. You'd have to like sometimes if you blinked, you missed it. You know, it's just yeah. There. The one, but the ones that were very clear were definitely callbacks to the original film: Pan Am, Atari, yeah, um, and Coca-Cola. Sony, Coca Cola. Yeah. yeah, they were all throwbacks to the original movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it wasn't. I mean, I'm sure they paid some amount of money to be in there, but they weren't in there for that. They were in there because they were in there from the first movie. So it definitely wasn't to pay for the film. Although, if the box office continues, I hope they did get paid. Yeah, you know, um, now that you that you, you mentioned the Force Awakens, like now I'm kind of mad at the Force Awakens because <laughs> because I remember when George Lucas saw that movie, he actually came out of there going like, "Oh, they went that way, huh? They they went retro. They, that's not what I would have done." Like now I'm curious to see what he actually would have done 
because he wouldn't have done retread. I mean, he would have nah, done. he would have done something new. He would have done some parallel. There's parallelism all throughout the movies. That's that's normal. But um, but fuck, Force Awakens is a complete like ripoff of <laughs> of the original trilogy. I mean, all three movies. So, but this movie, it doesn't feel like a ripoff. They didn't go like mm. waka waka waka. Remember this? You know, it's like they just did a completely original movie that paid tremendous homage to the first movie, but this is its own thing. Without and, actually doing it, though. It's, yeah, it's with crazy. Actually, yeah, that's the weird thing. It's like, okay, yeah, Harrison Ford's in it, but it's not the same Deckard even. You know, he's older and, you know, and sad and alone and, you know, and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, he is. If you watch the first movie, Deckard is this, you know, feels like he's this, like, hot shot, doesn't give a shit Blade Runner. Yeah. You know, um, very, very charismatic, but very, like, matter of fact and doesn't give a shit about him. And when you see him in this movie, he's fucking broken down. He's angry, you know, because of all the stuff that he had. Like, he fell in love. He fell in love, and the woman he loved died during childbirth, and he maybe spent five seconds with that child. Right. And he knew that he couldn't have it. He knew that he he would be constantly on the run, and he knew that she would be, you know, dissected and taken apart and trying to figure out how that happened so that they can do that, replicate that, you know. So... The other, the other nitpick I actually just thought of um, that she, the, the daughter is like on this facility on this somewhere. I don't know. How come, where is this facility and who's running that place? It's like, her, it's, she's, it's hers. It's just it's hers. Her, it's okay. her company. Oh, okay. Okay. Because remember she was saying like the, the guy, Jared Leto's character hires her. Um, so basically. To, to implant. Memories. So, so basically, she's hiding under his nose, essentially. Right. He has, yeah. he has no idea that she's no. the daughter of the two rep of uh, Deckard. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of a little bit confused about that. I was like, "Hey, wait a minute," because like, yeah, she bit- said she references. Or she says she doesn't reference. She says, she says like, "I like my independence." He's tried to like hire me a few times, uh, but I like my independence. Permanently. Uh, yeah. Right. So, so he she she is a successful. Uh, a memory imprinter for for replicants. Yes, yeah, gives not, them gives right, them back because stories. she is one, yeah, or half of, or yeah, she's definitely full blown one. Well, it makes but, it more. They 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 said that it, it makes the replicants more human when they give them you know backstories and stuff like that for them to to think. But it was about. her, yeah, but it was her actual backstory, which is crazy, right? She re- she represents so many things for that world. Ugh. She re- she represents um she represents the end of what what could be considered human mm-hmm. um, because now they can reproduce and, you know, they reference, they say a couple times, like, uh, you know, if I, if I was born, I would, I would have a soul. You know, I think Ryan Gosling says that yes. in, the, in the movie. Um, so now all of a sudden you have this person who was born by two basically synthetic man-made things and does that person have a soul? Is she alive? So that's the first thing. She she kind of breaks that wall down that Robin Wright keeps talking about. And the replicants are already at war kind of with the humans. Because that's, that's the other thing you don't see either. Is you see this continue. You hear about this continuation of a war. And right. you, hear about the, you hear about the revolt that happens in the first, the, the 82 version. Or the original and but you'd never see the war you just hear about it right. you hear about the revolution and it's like 
it's like here in, you know you know in the United States if there's war over in the Middle East we don't hear about it or we just see it on TV or you know so you read it in the newspaper but it doesn't affect our everyday life and that's what blade runner is yeah. is there's this like revolution going on outside of these cities that you don't hear that you don't see but you hear about it on the news and in the you know in the beginning of the movie when they show the text um and she represents like holy shit. Now, if if the replicants ever found out that they can actually reproduce like a human being, my god, like they that means they don't need the humans at all for anything. Right, and that's why everyone's like rushing out to try to figure that out. But like you know, they still have Blade Runners. Like Ryan Gosling's still a Blade Runner, running around doing what Decker did, only a newer version. Well, that's and, because what's his face builds them. Yeah, um, and so he Lito, goes. Lito yeah. builds them. So he goes out and kills like pretty much you know all the replicants until he figures out that oh wow there's this revolution all this stuff and like so he kind of like changes his tune he doesn't go after him anymore like there's like like that scene where he he runs into all of them you know they just kind of come out of the shadows and they're all like right. hey like hey join us you know and he's like oh so yeah you're you're kind of right like there should be like a third movie in the works of course we may never ever see it. Unfortunately, but it, it would be such a breakaway from the first two movies, though. Yeah, to see, it like, would. A full blown revolution, and I'm not sure I want to see that movie. Yeah, I don't it, know. It would be it'd be a really it. It would be so different from the first two movies. The first two movies have like again, they do have some action sequences, but that's not the that's not the point it's, of the movies. It's it's a detective. It's like a, a noir, you know, detective film. Yep. Yeah. Um. So, oh god, so good. They're both like that. Yeah, so that would be like it would it would break away from the first two movies and to be like a full-blown like action movie almost. So I don't know how that would work. Yeah. Um I'm really sure not I'm not sure how that would work. I'm not sure I want to see that movie because I don't think I'm not sure that can be made, but if this guy comes back for a trilogy like to 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 finish a trilogy, then I would definitely go see it oh, after seeing sure. this one. For sure. I just I hope give this guy Anything he wants to do, yeah, um, yeah. This is I let could, him do the Obi Wan Kenobi movie. Oh shit! I think they already got a director for that or writer. So yeah, they they need to give this guy something. Uh, I I mean he he's already original. Like his original stuff is fantastic, but this just just I mean they you know they gave him some toys to this this play art and he just knocked it out of the park. I feel really bad for him right now because. Quite honestly, this this movie should have done you know eighty hundred million dollars this weekend. No, this, this is, is one of the opposite. This is one of the opposites of like when shitty movies make a ton of money in the theater. Like, oh look how much money I made. I'm like, that doesn't make it a good movie. Yeah, this is kind of the exact opposite of that too. Where this is not making a lot of money as of right now, and it doesn't sound like it's going to make a lot of money unless um, you know word of mouth gets out about how good this movie actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, that people should go see this movie. In my opinion, the way that the the characters are created and, and developed in this world, you know, playing. I, I, th- I think I like it better than the, the original. Yeah. Oh, um, I do too. I, I most certainly do too. I mean, and it's just stunning. I mean, just they, you know, blade, the original blade runner was stunning too. It was like, it was way ahead of its time when it was like flying. Oh, they still hold, they still hold up. Yeah, absolutely. But then they took it even further with this one where he's going to different environments and, um, just, I mean, just gorgeous. Like, some I think of those... the only thing that changes when when you're talking about like stunning, like the, the, the special effects, because you know, obviously the entire world in the in the beginning, uh, the first movie is completely 
created and almost like matte painted and stuff like that. But it looks so fucking real. And the only yeah. thing that probably looks unrealistic because of the, the, the effects they had back then was when he was flying around in his police car. You could kind of tell like it didn't move as smooth as it would have. Right. And then you take that and now you're like, oh, well, I wonder what would happen if they had the technology to do it. It would be this movie. Yeah. It would be the same realistic, gritty, stunning visuals of the city. And now you got a police car that moves like you think it would if it was flying. Yeah, absolutely. It didn't look like Superman flying around like the old Superman. Yeah, you know, not making like physical, not making turns like without physics. Right. <laughs> no, it's 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 so good. All right, so let's go over. Uh, I mean, diversity wise, I would say Casper. Very uh, fucking Casper with yeah. a huge Japanese influence in this movie. With no Japanese. Well, with no Japanese people, just yeah. a lot of chat. Everything else yeah. was Japanese. Yeah. Um. So very Casper. Um. Very very Casper. Yeah, and as far as like, uh, oh, well, you know what? Let me address that for a second. And here, yeah. here's why it's worse in the second movie, because in the second movie they actually tell you that like all these worlds come together. I think right is that mm-hmm. what ha- in the beginning right? All I the think all so, the yeah. countries all the countries come together. Yeah, is it, that's in this one, not the first one, right? I think so. There's like 150 or 100. I can't remember. It was like a bunch of different uh, races and things represented in the, in the right. city. Right. Yeah, right. That come together. And for some reason, you only see white people. So I have <laughs> yeah. a pro- I have a problem. I do. That's a that's a pretty big deal when you're telling the audience that the world came together. And if that was the case, that would mean there would be more. Asian people in this movie than yeah, the, even white. The, even the holographic people were white. Like, why couldn't right. they? Why couldn't the girl? Well, because again, there's more people in China than there are, like I think, in two thirds of the world. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, if that was the case, again, you know, sixty percent or seventy percent of the people that you would have seen in this movie would have been Asian. Yeah. But that's not the case. So. Uh, you can't yeah. say that all these countries came together and then fucking just show nothing but white people. Yeah, it's very true. I mean, they'll get it right one of these days. I don't know when, but <laughs> yeah. And they were in L.A. too. Yeah. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? I mean, if you go to L.A., it doesn't look that white right now. <laughs> Maybe like Boise, Idaho, but not <laughs> not fucking not L.A. LA. <laughs> it doesn't have to be twenty forty nine to be like diverse. Go to L.A. right now. It's right. fucking diverse right now. <laughs> Every street corner, yeah. Right. They have, they have a whole town with with <laughs> with Asian people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but not in 2049. Nope, I guess not. They're just like fuck this place. We're out of here. Yeah. Man. Let's um, just stay. Let's just stay to the white side. <laughs> um, I give it. Uh, I give it. F- uh, well, I mean, did I give a perfect rating this year? Did, was no, War, no. War of the Planet of the Apes was our favorite movie up in. At least my favorite movie up until this movie. So, um, but I, I'll give it. I'll give it four and a half uh, lights. Uh, Jesus Christ, uh, four and a half. Uh, Hundred and two episodes. Chainsaws. Chainsaws. I know. I can't. I. It's because you're. You're. I'm looking at your. Your picture is always the first, and I'm on the right. So chainsaws. I give it four and a half chainsaws. I get, I'll give it four. Four lightsabers. Um, I really like this movie. Um, it's, I think it's almost as equal to War of the Planet of the Apes for me. I think War is still my favorite so far, mm-hmm. um, just because the first two movies are really good to end the way that they ended in that third movie. Um, 
This one we just have the 82 version, which has you know eight multiple versions of it. So, <laughs> um, but you know, four stars, uh, four stars, four. Just go see it. Yeah. Uh, again, I'm, I don't know why you're listening to our review if you haven't seen it, but you got to see it. this movie is really good. Yeah, I was I was really impressed, and I'm at awards. I'm going to be looking out for this movie at awards season. I would be very surprised if it doesn't win anything because it. It, this movie over at least all, for visuals, right? Oh yeah, over any movie this year, the visuals costumes. And, it might be nominated for costumes yeah, as well. The, the visuals and the sound and the the cinematography is just there's nothing like it out there. Um, so big, big, giant, blazing violin orchestra sounds that last long ass notes, and I was like, uh, can't be Hans Zimmer because it's it resembles too much of the first movie, right? Fucking Hans Zimmer had a hand in it. Yep. Yep. Probably did a little mentoring there. Um, yeah. I, I was like, oh man, is this a Christopher Nolan movie? Like what, <laughs> you know, oh, but, I loved, uh, I loved every, like I loved <laughs> the, the music. Like I said, I love the music in this movie. Every time they were outside. Oh when yeah. They, you see the environment was so good. Yeah. It's everything about it. Everything about it. It's awesome. Not, not a boring part in the movie to me. I, I absolutely dug it. But um, anyway, anything else you want to add? Um, no, no, I think this is our last review till, uh, what Thor. Yeah, we got, we got Thor. We got, Oh just... wait, we got, we got some other reviews, but for movies as for movies, yeah. we got just Thor's next. Yeah, we got, we got Thor justice league. And I think the last Jedi are the, the three movies, but we've got, we've got some good stuff coming up, you know, stranger things season two and you know, stuff like that. So, and some standalone episodes, of course, as, as always. So, and then, uh, you know, toward the end, look toward the end of the year for our, uh, you know, going back over our most anticipated to see how, if we changed our list, which I'm sure we totally have by now. Um, and then, uh, yeah. And then we'll get into the new year with the most anticipated for 2018. And then of course our two year anniversary, uh, episodes. So we've got some big stuff coming up. And of course the second annual Chewies. Yes. Yep. Yep. A little ways away, but yeah. Uh, that's going to be very interesting because this was not a, a solid year for movies this year. No, it was, yeah, definitely not. I think we saw way more movies last year. So the Chewies will be 20 minutes long this year. Yeah. <laughs> and the winner is, okay, let's go home. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that was episode 102 of Chew on This, a Nerd United podcast. I'm BJ. Vic. Until next time, folks, chew on that. Later. <laughs>